0: Sam, have you seen uh, have you seen polysilicon prices lately?
1: I have seen polysilicon prices lately. Now well, you mentioned it, there's your answer. So, I mean, like this is these are the knock-on effects that I think people uh, don't really think about um, when when these sorts of things happen. They see the headlines, fuel crisis, and they go out and panic by and try and get right. fuel in their oh, car. If only they were panic buying BP shares, is that what you're saying? Well, they- Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the mega trends and opportunities reshaping our world. Good Morning. Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. I'm Sam Volkering, your editor, here with my co-editor, Kit Winder. Thanks for joining me this week. Kit, we had a week off last week, uh, just a little break in schedule, but here we are back again. And, and wow, what, what a week it's been. And uh, we, we often discuss energy markets because that is an area of expertise that you have. And how could we not talk about this 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 week i mean the the energy fuel crisis there's an energy crisis we're running out of energy we're running out of fuel i think people are probably running out of sanity as well um what what do you what do you make of this i i think i think i've had a few questions about it and i think people want to know is this a one-off kind of thing? Is this abnormal? Or is this something that we might see more of and, and should probably come to expect as we head towards winter this year? Um, yeah, what what's, what's your take on it all? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, the consensus is certainly that it, it could be quite a difficult winter. Um, I don't think it's it's that likely that we're going to see gas supply you know, massively ramp up this quickly um to meet the sort of shortfall in in supply um that is causing this um the thing that i've found interesting in all this is the sort of politics between europe and russia and the Nord Stream 2 pipeline um it's quite interesting i think a lot of it hasn't gotten nearly as much coverage as i would have thought actually um the fact that russia has plenty of gas supply that it's refusing to send to europe until europe authorizes its new pipeline and i just think that that's it's so old school
1: <laughs> it's uh, well it is it's i mean it's it's a form of trade war isn't it i guess really it's sort of holding one country to ransom when you've got something that they so desperately need um, you know <laughs> you could argue that that china may be doing something similar with semiconductors and, and the entire rest of the world I a mate of mine, actually. So uh, over the weekend was was uh, was my birthday. and went out for dinner, and and we were well went out for lunch, uh and I was having a chat with a mate uh, about because obviously everyone was was losing their mind over the petrol stations basically being closed.
0: Yeah, I was in a I was actually in a garage to buy snacks. But I heard, <laughs> I overheard a conversation in which someone who worked there was telling a customer. That someone had been in and tried to fill up a plastic bag with fuel. Oh my god. No jerry cans left. I'll fill a bag. Don't worry about it. I I I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Neither do I. But it's what? a sign it's a sign that people have lost it. Some <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah.
1: yeah, like I said at the top, I think people are running out of sanity as well. Um I, I had a conversation with uh with our friend and colleague Boaz uh, Shoshan, uh last week about it as well, and I, I earlier earlier on when when the first report started circulating, so kind of the BP was struggling to get. Uh, deliveries to their petrol stations i actually added a couple of jerry cans to my amazon basket which i was reminded of on monday was still in my basket so i hadn't purchased them but the the i think it was halfords had said there was like a 1600 percent increase in jerry cans sold over the weekend i think it's not gonna be a luckily i've shortage. already got one
0: because i once run out of fuel <laughs> and so i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be I've one of the embarrassing people. background that that is now potentially gonna save me yeah
1: uh, i feel sorry for people that genuinely just have to fill up a, a, a jerry can like i my my mower's almost out of petrol and i need to fill up a five liter jerry can um and i'm gonna look like one of those people
0: god your uh, your lawn is gonna be so overgrown. this is a disaster
1: it's 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 not great it's not great as as many people have suggested to me why don't you just get one of those hand handheld uh, hand powered ones
0: what uh, the, scissors
1: yeah, you know the ro- the rotary ones, okay, yeah. but then the, I I wouldn't get the lo- lovely smell of freshly cut grass and two stroke mixed together. Um, anyway, uh, I was so well. Yeah, what I was saying was my, I had a conversation with a friend, and uh, he's actually ordered a Jaguar I Pace, the EV, and. Uh, He's been waiting for his so like he was he was a little bit smug about the fact that he's, he's he's got an EV. But I said, well, have you got it yet? And he goes, well, no, not really. And I go, well, who's smug now? And uh, it's he said he'd been waiting four months for it to be delivered um, because they just can't meet their um, the the production levels that they need to because they can't get the semiconductors and the chips needed to actually get the cars off the lots and into people's hands. So it's, it is it's like. It's not just a, a crisis, or, or we're just not, you know, struggling with with getting things like fuel and energy to people. We're struggling just getting basic, well, I say basic, but cars to people. And even this morning, I was reading about uh, the the fear perpetuating that we will be out of turkey and meat and and trimmings this Christmas. Um, now, it's funny I mean, how that's
0: uh, the one that gets people, isn't it? That's, you know, that's it's, so, it's fine in August, but if you if you do yeah. me out of my Christmas turkey. Suddenly, we've got a heck of a problem on our hands. This
1: this country will fall to pieces if there is no turkey on the table at Christmas. But it got me thinking, right? So, obviously, with so we've seen in the last week, uh, companies on the stock market like Shell and BP have actually jumped a little bit on all of this sort of mayhem. And I'm wondering now if if you know what other what other areas where we may see shortages is there is there opportunity to play the market? I even found myself you know looking at you know publicly listed food companies uh this morning just trying to get a bit of a idea because realistically if you know at the start of was it last week started last week when you started seeing reports about bp struggling to get fuel and, and the whole issue with the energy you know a, a, a swift move into some of these players and you would have you know quite comfortably seen 10% uh, and then some in some of these stocks. Sam, have you seen uh, have you seen polysilicon prices lately? I have seen polysilicon prices lately. Now well, you there's, mentioned it, that is your answer. So I mean, look, like, this is these are the knock on effects that I think people uh, don't really think about um, when when these sorts of things happen. They see the headlines, fuel crisis, and they go out and panic buy. And try and, and get fuel and get in their oh, car. If only
0: they were panic buying
1: BP shares, is that what you're saying? Well, they should have been, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so tell 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 people about the the polysilicon issue, actually, because uh, I think to most people that will be um, they'll be like, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, actually, I would quite like to use this as a nice little entrance point. To a larger point, um, so polysilicon comes mainly from China. It's the key ingredient that goes into making solar cells and panels, which are in high demanders after the pandemic. There's been a huge rush of commitments to net zero, pledges to build new solar farms is obviously a huge part of that, and so there's been a you know a continuing growth of demand that's you know been in place for a decade. Um, but currently in China, where most of the polysilicon comes from, they're faced by multiple series of threats over the course of the year. Um, There's been some sort of political tensions around, um, you know, Xinjiang and the Uyghur situation and the potential use of any forced or uh, unpaid labor in the supply chain of some companies in that region. So I think four um, companies, solar and polysilicon companies in Western China were banned from exporting into America. Um, by the Americans, so that was the sort of first little tremor. But then the real issue this month, where polysilicon prices, I think, have risen from about uh, well, sort of three or fourfold in about yeah. a month. The chart just goes vertically. The very chart long. is amazing because it's pretty low volatility <laughs> for a while, and then <laughs> it goes due north. Um, and that's that's primarily because of rising coal prices. So coal is is a classic shortage. It's up two hundred percent this year. Um, China still relies on it sufficiently that the fact that there is a shortage means that they desperately need power. You know, their country is currently, you know, this is what I want to get into is China is having a serious power crisis, like more serious yeah. than I can't. No, no vents, but more serious than I can't mow my lawn. Um, yeah. They are shutting down factories. They are rationing electricity. You can't use a lift below the first three floors of a building at the moment. You know, cranes and construction companies are um only allowed to work eight hours a day and things like that and so they are really struggling i think they um they just released released their economic data so the purchasing managers index and it surprised everyone and was actually a contraction for this month so down at 49.6 instead of the expected 50.1 and 50 is the level where it stays the same and anything above is growth and anything below is um is a contraction and so that suddenly is actually a really really scary issue and China is as we know the engine of global growth and suddenly there's a whole host of issues mounting up they've cracked down on the tech and education sectors they are punishing billionaires they are punishing property companies and we've all heard about Evergrande and for some reason that story you know that was that was not a one day story but it got one day of coverage on Monday because markets were down but I don't think it was because of that. I don't know if people saw the E X I that I wrote. But for the last six months, around the nineteenth or the twentieth of every month is when options expire. And as we know, there's been an options mania, and um, the sort of uh, the end of month rebalancing from options positions, either being rolled over or closed out, has been pretty wild in the last six months because of that mania, and probably because of the lack of experience. And so, just there have been a few percent dips around the nineteenth or twentieth of every month, and I think that's what was happening slightly exaggerated by the Evergrande fears. Um, but that is a story that is ongoing. There's contagion fears into the rest of the property market. The size of the property bubble in China is enormous. And now they're shutting down factories and they're unable to power their homes and you can't have air conditioning lower than 26 degrees. And, you know, you know, there's a lot of things going on in China, not to mention the human rights atrocities in Western China that is stopping a lot of investors from, from putting money in and you know, the potential for American sanctions against Chinese-listed companies um, based on sort of lack of governance uh, and accounting principles, uh, and then just the general increasingly authoritarian nature of Xi's regime at the CCP, which is something that you and Boaz have spoken a lot about. And I just... Suddenly you realise that actually... The country that has driven the post-2008 recovery, it's had growth of six... It's responsible for something like a third of global growth in the last decade. And everywhere else, you know, in the UK, we go at 1% or 2%, if we're lucky. In America, 1% or 2%, you know, add a push, dead inflation. China has been the driver of everything. It's had a huge influx of workers, you know, bringing the cost of goods down, keeping inflation down. Maybe that's not going to happen you know, in the next decade, and that'll be an inflationary pressure as well. So it's just this incredibly significant thing where, you know, there are, as in the opening episode of Chernobyl, there are just red buzzers buzzers and buttons going off wherever you look.
1: Yeah, the the, China has some serious, serious issues that um, I'm not sure they're going to fix in a hurry. The, The big question, does it, you know, does it spread uh, out outward from there uh, to the wider market, which inevitably nah, we think nah. it, it must now nah, about
0: March twenty twenty. I think we said nah you'll stay <laughs> there. Yeah, we'll be fine.
1: Well, to be fair, I mean Apple's not having any issues shifting uh, new iPhones. So, I mean there are there are issues with some manufacturers, and there are not issues with others. And um, yeah, I, I think uh, the the word crisis is going to get thrown around a lot. In the next, in the next three months, because people love a crisis, and the, the mainstream media love people freaking out about crisis because it gets them coming back to see what's happening tomorrow in the crisis.
0: Hey Sam, um, should we should we call this episode
1: crisis, and then we we'll just get clicks? We should call it podcast crisis, just to see how many people click on uh, on on viewing today's episode. But for me, I I love a crisis because I see nothing but opportunity from from these sorts of things as well and like I like we said at the top you know you, just on the fuel crisis in the last week alone you know, you know there were some some pretty tasty returns that you could have seen through the likes of Shell and BP of course hindsight is a wonderful thing. Getting in front of these moves with these crises or these shortages is another um, but it's something that I know certainly you're looking at and certainly something that I'm looking at. How to play it from the energy side of things. How to play it from the semiconductor side of things. Uh, how it how it, it expands and involves if you know something like Evergrande does go down, um, albeit there's some complex Chinese political uh, movements I suppose that that will that will play out that no one really knows how they work except for those that are involved in it. Um, so you know how that ends up playing out is anyone's guess really what happens in china stays in china it seems like certainly wouldn't want to live there at the moment that's for sure so uh you can you can sort of think yourself quite lucky for most people i would assume watching this that you don't live in china although it feels like sometimes our um our domestic and and and, and, and international neighbors are, are ever so much creeping towards that kind of uh Authoritarian rule. Uh, I'm those...
0: sorry, Sam. I'm sorry about Australia. you know. I want it on the public record that I'm sorry that that's what's happening there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, there's there's issues politically everywhere. The everywhere. new world it's, I mean, order. It's, um, it's very exciting. You know, there's also some you know there's some interesting movements in the gold markets, which affects uh, you know a lot of the Aussie gold miners. The iron, obviously, China with the property market really hit has hit some of the big iron ore players. You know, look at. Uh, some of the big miners out there, like Fortescue, has been absolutely smashed uh, over the last couple of uh, couple of months. Um, even you know BHP has taking a fair hit from it. Also, there's a lot of knock-on effects from these things that people need to consider and look at, uh, and then also figure out you know what the short-term implications versus the long-term. With these things and how they play out, um, I know, like you say, you know, you guys are working hard at uh, exponential energy fortunes around, you know, ways to play the energy markets uh, that the investors can make a profit, and certainly at Frontier Tech Investor, you know, I'm definitely looking at how. Uh, you know, new technologies, things like uh, blockchain technologies, can assist with everything from energy to how we uh, network and, and communicate with finance. In fact, people watching this may have seen recently. I've just put together a, a new broadcast uh, that uh, you should be able to uh, see. There'll be a link somewhere, either in, around, above, beside, below, on an email that, that you'll get with with this podcast. Uh, that will step you through my latest research on that. Yeah, just start pointing somewhere on the screen. It'll be there.
0: Um, yeah, it'll be below the video.
1: You know, it's, it's fascinating we don't have that capability about how here. new technologies uh, we can use so that, okay, while the short term, you know, we might see the word crises, as we say, thrown out a lot more around energy, around food, around China, around the global economy. Um, there, are, there are good things happening in all those markets that... Uh, that investors can get ahead of and, and certainly I think make a make a bit of coin from moving forward. So anyway, we've gone on far too long already uh, in today's podcast. So much to talk about. Um, that's what happens when you take a week off from doing this. Um, but we'll be back again next week. Uh, would you like to leave our viewers, listeners with any closing remarks uh, on, on what's been kicking off in the last week, Kit?
0: Yeah, fuel inflation is transitory. <laughs>
1: Transitory. I think Jerome Powell still—he's doubled down on that. He's that.
0: No, he's, he's not doubled down. I don't think he has doubled down. I think he's done the opposite. If you look at the notes from the latest his latest Fed meetings and talks from this week, he doesn't mention it. He doesn't really mention it at all—the transitory stuff. I think.
1: Well, he might not be saying transitory, but I guarantee he still believes that it's a it's a blip on the radar, or at least maybe he doesn't believe it's a blip on the radar, but at least that's publicly what uh, the the message needs to be.
0: Yeah. There's reflexivity there, isn't it? They need it to be transitory, so they just got to keep saying it and hope that people believe them.
1: And, of course, when it eventuates that it isn't, um, they'll just deny that they said it in the first place. Um, But anyway, that's... that's, We're going to
0: have a trade deal with America.
1: We we might need their energy. Uh, Anyway, thanks for joining me again this week, Kit. Uh, It's been great. Enjoyed it very much this week. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening, watching us today. Uh, and uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode of the Exponential Investor Podcast. Uh, We'll see you then. If if
0: we've still got power in our microphones, we'll be here.
1: (laughs) Bye for now.